What up? What up? Welcome to the Continual Growth Podcast, where every week we bring you tips and tricks on how to kill every day and own your fucking life. I'm Bawanka. I'm your host. It's episode 67, and you know we're about to bring that hot fire. So today, we're joined by a very special guest, Matt Labrie. Matt is an entrepreneur who started his first business at the age of 12. He's also a public speaker and branding expert. Matt's vision is to impact 1 billion lives by guiding success-driven individuals to think and live larger. He's also a Forbes 30 Under 30 nominee and was formerly working as a content creator for serial entrepreneur Damon John, who he is now mentored by. So for those of you that don't know, Damon John, he's the founder of FUBU. He's also an investor who you may have seen on Shark Tank. So Matt, thank you for being on the show. Uh, how, how's everything going right now? Wonka, first and foremost, man, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here with you and to be able to chop it up, add some value to the show. So I want to get that off my chest and say thank you because, you know, gratitude's a big thing in my life. So I'm definitely grateful to be here with you. Everything is good, man. Everything is good. You know, being that, uh, that mover and that shaker, you know, that's, that's what I live by. So making things happen. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So even before we jump into this, the first thing that I want to know that I've been curious about my whole team, everybody, we're all wondering this is what is it like working with Damon John? Man, it's a phenomenal opportunity. As you could imagine, right? Like this was my first job out of college. It took me seven years to graduate college. But at 24 years old, when I graduated, I spent the past two and a half years working with him. And it's an absolute amazing opportunity, you know, to, to be in proximity of someone so powerful, to be in proximity of an individual that I aspire to be like in life, um, not even just from a business standpoint, but he's a family man too, you know, like he got a family, he got a wife, he got kids, you know, like that's all admirable stuff in, in regards to myself and to be in proximity of an individual like that is really meaningful. And I could tell just by... Um, you know, just by being in his presence and um, just having that opportunity in general, man, it, it was a blessing, an absolute blessing. Mm-hmm. And we always are talking about, we're talking about coaches and we're talking about mentors all the time and how important they are. So I think it's incredible that, that you're being mentored or, or being coached by, by one of the greatest. So which is going to help you even more on your, on your journey to, to 1 billion. A hundred percent, man. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So me and you, man, we've been talking for a while. I remember we had a phone call. I think it was back in like November or December. And we just had another one uh, more recently. Um, For those of you that don't know right now, we're doing a, this is a virtual podcast. Uh, Matt is out there in New York. Uh, What part of New York are you in? Queens, man, right outside the Manhattan, bro. Right outside the Manhattan area. It's beautiful out here. Okay. 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 Um, Yeah. So you're out there. Um, but you have an incredible story, man. I heard it. I want all of our all of our listeners to hear it. So you just take it away, man. Man, you want the full thing right now? I want you hit us with it, man. Hit us with it. Let's go. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, man. Uh, listen, I'm a born and raised New Yorker, 26 years old. It's inevitable for someone not to be born and raised here and not catch that hustler spirit. You know what I'm saying? Like 
it, it just fills the air. Everything is fast paced. Everything is moving and grooving. Like it was so hard for me not to catch that. And, you know, in the intro earlier, you know, you talk about me being an entrepreneur at 12 years old. So I guess I'll start there. Uh, all jokes aside, I really opened my first ever restaurant at that age. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into too much detail, but what I will say is that it only lasted about a week until I was closed down. Typically restaurants in New York city or, or wherever are, are usually closed down by the health department or something of that nature, but yeah. I'm very unlike that. And I was closed down by my mother after she found that I was selling her groceries on my corner with my neighbor to be able to buy packs of baseball cards and to be able to go to Wendy's and, and get the video games I wanted and stuff yeah. like that. So well, you, always, you always had that, that hustler mentality, that hustler spirit, just, just got to find a way to make it work. A hundred percent, man. I very much so adopted the ability to, or the desire to create my life as opposed to let, you know, life create me. I said, you know what? I want to take control of it. And it wasn't just financials. It was about freedom and things of that nature. And obviously you don't really think about it like that when you're 12 years old, right? Now, when I look back at it, I realize, wow, like I started at that young age because what did I want? I wanted the freedom where I didn't have to ask my mom or my dad for money to do the things that I wanted, right? I wanted to create that sense of um, me, right? Like I just wanted to create me. And, you know, with that said, I also want to mention that life isn't always peaches and cream. It still isn't today. And it never was growing up. Like my parents were divorced at a very young age, which is tough for any kid. Granted, it's cool. It's definitely cool to have two Xboxes, two Playstations, two GameCubes at the time, two, t two TVs, two closets full of Jordans and clothes. Like all of that stuff is really cool. But then when you realize, hey, my parents aren't living together and you don't really know why, you know, at such a young age, it does affect you growing up. So I do want to mention like as much as life was cool, like being able to like have that business idea at such a young age, it was also the negative to it. Yeah. And listen, man, going through my journey, right? I, I sucked at school. And I, I say that because I just want to paint this picture. Like I was never good at school. I, I'm also not dumb. I'm going to make that clear. I'm not dumb. I just didn't apply myself. And I thought that me being six foot five and a freakishly good athlete in baseball and basketball, that it was just going to take me everywhere in life without having to apply myself. And what and that I, was, go ahead. I, I can really relate to this. And I know, well, Stir could relate to this. He's not, he's the, he's the other co-host, but um, like, I was the exact same way. All I just cared about was basketball. Somehow I thought that was going to take me somewhere and I didn't, I just didn't care about school. So what, what, what was the reason, what, what you thought where you're just like, man, I don't care about school or I'm not going to apply myself. You were just, you were looking for the big leagues. Yeah, man. Obviously that was the goal. You know, baseball was really my sport, but I could shoot the lights out of a gym with a basketball too. So, um, being told that you're good, being told that you have talent when you actually have the physical gifts to go with it, you know, when it comes to the height and the weight and the build and um, the ability to to run fast and the agility and, and the hand-eye coordination and all the skills necessary, like when that, that kind of gets to your head and it, I didn't really look at it like that at a young age. It was just more so like I knew what I wanted to do and I really didn't feel like school was a part of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, man, like, that resulted in me not getting into any high schools. And that was probably, you know, the start of something that was very devastating. But what I will say is by the graces of my network, I was able to get into a school that I wanted to go to or a school that my team of advisors, AKA my parents wanted me to go to. It was a small school, um, very, very small classes. I would be able to stand out there from a baseball and basketball perspective, although they were in a lesser division of the other schools I wanted to go to. And, you know, it only took me one year to get kicked out of that school, man. Like, what happened? What happened? 
multiple things happened, multiple things. Um, it, it was very political in regard to me just so passing classes during baseball and basketball season. But when it wasn't baseball and basketball season, we had four report cards a year. I, I ended up failing. So it was very political in that aspect. Man, I was a class clown, man, all through, throughout everything. Like I was in the principal's office more than I was in the classroom. And like, mm-hmm. that's known, you know? Um, okay. But yeah, man, I got kicked out. Uh, I was on the verge of getting kicked out. Some some shit went down and I was just like, let me let me get myself out of here. So I left, went to a bigger and better school. Are you familiar with like Lamar Odom or Sue Bird or Tina Charles? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know Lamar. Yeah, cool. So I went to the same high school he went to, man. It's a very, very prominent basketball school here in Queens, New York. And, um, you know, I said my sport was baseball, but they they have a nationally ranked basketball program. And I'm grateful for the fact that I was able to play both there. Um, fast forward to 17 years old, three monumental things happened in my life. The first being that I completely lost my dream of playing any professional sport. Uh, I was on the base, I was pitching on the baseball field. Um, you know, we play fall baseball here in New York. It gets cold, obviously, you know, so we play fall baseball until spring season uh, comes around and it's about the end of September, early October. And I'll never forget. I'm on the pitcher's mound, one strike away from getting a guy out, throwing the ball, um, you know, I get the ball back, call the coach out on my coach. I can't feel my shoulder. And he's like, Oh, kind of just like, Hey, you're good. You have one strike. Let's just get through it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, you know, kind of being the team player, team player mentality. Let me just fight through this pain. Let me do this for my team. You know, the eight guys that are standing behind me, let me, let me do this for us. So mm-hmm. through the pitch struck the guy out. Everyone on my side of the field is so happy. Everyone's going crazy. The only person not happy on the field is myself. And the reason yeah, okay. being is I couldn't feel my shoulder, man. Like, I couldn't even lift my arm. Oh man, it was dislocated. Nah, man, I tore the laborman. Uh, I tore the laborman my shoulder. So not to be, not to give you an anatomy lesson, but you know, it's a ball and socket joint. Inside that ball is a couple ligaments, uh, and the labrum, being one of them, was completely torn. And I, I opted to have surgery. I opted to go to physical therapy. I did all of that, but when I tried making my comeback in the spring, it just didn't feel right, and I kind of just gave up on my dream. And what that resulted in was me not getting accepted into any colleges. You know, I just told you that I didn't get accepted into high school, but every college that I set out to go to was for either baseball or basketball or both. And what college wants to talk to a 16, 17 year old kid that just tore the labrum in his shoulder. That's a major injury, you know? So it was a major, major turning point in my life. It was really devastating. And uh, like I said, man, there were three things that happened. The second thing was that I started my actual first business And, you know, I'm trying to keep this quick and short, so I'm trying to cut out some details, give you the juicy stuff. But uh, I was presented with an opportunity to be a part of this event. And now I'm 16, turning 17 years old. To get into the event, you have to be 18. So what I did was throw my quote-unquote 18th birthday party, which was really my 17th birthday party. Didn't even show up to the venue. Had $277 handed to me two days after and said, good good job. And I realized at that point I had something good on my hands. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you're like, a, you're, you're like an event planner without even, you didn't even know. A hundred percent, man. And a hundred percent. And what, what that turned into was me working with the likes of 50 Cent and Fetty Wap and Jadakiss, Ja Rule, Fat Joe, um, Lloyd Banks, French Montana, uh, the Jersey Shore cast, the Real Housewives, the Mob Wives. Like I worked with a whole bunch of amazing people and I ran a business from 17 to 24. Uh, really, listen, it put me through college, right? Like this was, this was the real deal. This was like the real deal. So this became your, after you hurt your, after you got hurt, then you, you started moving into, into throwing these parties and, and having these events and, and working with all these big names and, and um, yeah, you're, you're an entrepreneur. You just, you just keep grinding, right? 
I was grinding, man. And the, the cool thing about it was that I was able to mix what I wanted to do at that point in my life, right? When you're 16, 17, 18 years old, you know, you're kind of getting out of that high school, you know, you're transitioning out of high school, you start drinking, right? You, you start partying, you start wanting to hang out with girls more often, you start wanting to be social. So what I did was kind of just put my dreams of playing any professional sport on the back burner. And what I did was burn them. That's exactly what I did. I put them on the back burner and they got burned to doing everything that I wanted to do. I wanted to look fresh. So I wanted to be in the mall buying Jordans and, and true religion jeans and this and that, you know, whatever was hot at the time, like something as stupid as Ed Hardy, you know, like all the way back then. And, um, yeah, man, it, that business was amazing. But again, I said there were three things that happened. And the third thing that happened was in December of that year, right after my birthday, I got kicked out of high school, my senior year in high school. Again, devastating, you know, like I'm trying to get into college. I'm trying to do something with my life. And then what happens? You know, I get kicked out. Uh, I'm not even going to say what I did because it was as dumb as anything anyone could ever do. And um, I don't regret anything that ever happened to me, but it's a part of the journey. Yeah. All right. So at this point, how like how are you feeling? lost man lost you know when you love something as much as I loved playing baseball as much as I love playing basketball and then it's taken from you uh, I accepted that it was taken from me and that's that's probably the the only thing I do regret in life is the fact that I let it get you know I I let someone take it from me right Mm -hmm. granted it could it it proved to be something that was meaningful in my life which is 100% true but as the person I am today I would have never let that happen without trying to make a better comeback you know so lost to answer your question straight up just lost man but okay, so, that, so what did you do then to to, to find yourself and, and help yourself get to get to where you are today where you're where you're helping others man i i gotta keep it real with you you know it what it took was me me trying things you know like how do you know you like pizza you have to try it first right mm-hmm. like you're not gonna know if you like it so I, I started tasting different things but I'm 17 years old at that point in my life. I'm 26 now. I didn't find what I loved again until I was 25, you know? So I, I went a good portion of, of life with, without knowing what my passion was. And that's okay. Listen, everyone finds it at different times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So you're, you're, you're bouncing around, you know, you're lost. You're like, what, what am I, what am I trying to find? It's that's good. It's a, like, it's all about action, right? Like you said, you're, you're the only way you're going to find is, is by trying. I fully believe in that. Um, so I guess after after just working in the working with the uh, musicians, putting on putting on all these events, that's when you started working with uh, with Damon John. Absolutely not, man. There's a whole bunch of the story that ain't in there, man. I, oh, you know, okay. I, okay. <laughs> I, so I ended up going to college. You know, like I said, I wasn't able to I wasn't able to get into any except for a community college, which I took the opportunity to go to. I started studying education now. You're probably thinking, man, this guy got kicked out of two high schools. He, you know, like he's studying education. It just doesn't make sense. But um, yeah, man, I started studying some education and I realized that I was studying it for the all the wrong reasons. In fact, uh, the individual that influenced me to do so was a club owner. He had so much other stuff going on and I thought he was doing everything from being a gym teacher. And that's what I wanted to do. But, you know, what that resulted in was me getting kicked out of college after a year and a half due to academic probation and due to skipping class and just being a kid, man, just making dumb decisions and realizing that my business was bringing in a whole ton of money. And I thought that I didn't really need school anymore because I was making a decent income for Mm -hmm. someone at such a young age. 
And, you know, that's kind of where I really started to find myself. Although at that moment when I got kicked out, I'm also watching my mother battle cancer. Uh, so times were tough, man. Like I said, life was never always peaches and cream. There's obviously the peaks and the valleys, the regs and the riches. Like there's all of that. And I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily share that stuff. But uh, you know, what I did to start masking the pain that I was feeling inside was I started working even harder, working even mm -hmm. more. So at one point in my life, I had five sources of income. I had my business. I was delivering um, food for a local restaurant or pizzeria, whatever you want to refer to it as. I was helping my buddy at his business, you know, picking up some stuff, some supplies for him. I was uh, working at a gym, which I thought was really helpful because it, you know, it cut costs of me having to pay for a membership, like trying to be a businessman, trying to be smart. And I'm transparent, man. I was selling some weed too, you know? So oh, doing all this stuff, I thought money was my passion, you know? So you asked me how I felt, Everything, man. Like I, I thought money was going to make me feel better. Right. Yeah. I, I thought money was going to mask that pain. And I, I, I keep, I think, I think that's, that's, uh, that's really normal. And I like a lot of, a lot of people think that because society that's what society it, it pushes on us it pushes on us like your your job defines you the how much money you make defines you but really at the end of the day it's like we only got one life what are we gonna make out of this one life yeah man and on that on that point you know what really changed my life was realizing how much focus i put on to you know making money and uh it was because of a TED talk by Gary Vaynerchuk. I remember sitting in my friend's restaurant and Gary said in his TED talk, legacy over currency. This was in, you know, he did that TED talk and I think 09, I didn't see it in 09. I saw it whenever this was. And I remember, listen, I've been living my life currency over legacy. I really wanted to change. So I found myself going back to college. I got my two-year degree, went to go get my four-year degree. And, you know, I really just started to define my legacy, start to create my legacy. I became the president of my school's entrepreneurship club, started to enroll myself into entrepreneurial um, competitions. And I was winning them, finishing in first place, getting funded hey. by IBM. Hey. Like, yeah, things started to happen, man. And then, you know, I was given the opportunity to meet Damon on my college campus, one of three students to meet him. I went up to him. I shook his hand. He looked at me after I shook his hand. He goes, what the hell do they teach you here how to break people's hands? So it, it was... <laughs> It was kind of good vibes off the bat. And literally two months right after that, I was working with him. I was interning for him, you know, so uh, it's crazy how everything comes full circle. There's a lot of details that involve my network and, and things like that really playing a real big part of me getting in there. And listen, that was my first job out of college. But, you know, it, it didn't stop there because, you know, having that job with Damon is what made me realize how important owning my personal brand is, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. But I also realized that I still didn't identify what my passion was. And then when I started to work on my personal brand and I was given the opportunity to speak at a college, the first time I ever spoke was November of either 2017 or 2018. I think, no, 2017, 2018 just passed. So I've been doing this for just a little bit now. And, you know, the first time I ever spoke was because of what I portrayed um, through myself uh, in regard to my personal brand, right? I was given that opportunity because of that. And the, what I felt after I spoke for the first time was almost like a girl giving me butterflies. And I remember saying to myself, man, like I found my passion again. You know, like I found what I'm passionate about. I found what I love to do. And I would have never found that if I didn't try, man, you know? So that's why I said, you know, when it comes down to how, how do you find that stuff? It's you got, you got to try things, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So, um, what made you, what made you be like, okay, personal brand. I, I know a lot about personal brand. I'm going to, I'm going to start talking about personal brand. Where did, what was the spark? 
So I was working for Damon, right? And I'm, I'm working on his personal brand. And I'm saying to myself, I think I was three months into my job. I'm like, I'm doing all of this for him. Why am I not doing this for myself? You know, and I feel like everyone should be doing it for themselves. Obviously, we all have different goals. That's okay. We might not all have the same goals. But regardless, you could be a fireman, you could be a physical therapist, you could be a nurse, you could be a business owner, whatever the case is, like you have a personal brand, why not own it? So I started to take action onto that. And I was just like, yeah, man, like, I, I want to dictate how the world perceives me. Like, I don't want the, I don't want the world to tell me how I'm being perceived. Like, I want to be the one that owns me. You know, I, I want to be the one that says, Hey, Matt Labrice is this, as opposed to, Oh, you are this, you know, like the world telling me, like, I'm like, I can't live my life like that. You know? Okay. So now you're saying like, it doesn't matter who you are, what your job is, everything, everybody has a personal brand. And I know, um, I'm sure not everybody looks at it like looks at themselves like they have a personal brand. So can you kind of touch on that a little bit more? A hundred percent. I mean, listen, you when you when you're given life, you're you know you're born with the personal brand right off the bat. You know, uh, I, I guess the best way to po- um, talk about it is listen. Like, I just gave a keynote the other day to to a bunch of students, you know, and we were talking about personal branding. And I said, there's about 40 or 50 of them in the room. And I said, listen, however many of you all are in this room right now, what makes you different, right? You're all students. You're all studying something business related. You're all graduating within the next four years, right? What differentiates you? And they looked at me and they were just, you know, they, they didn't really have a response. And that's what branding is. Branding is the art of differentiation. Every single one of us is unique in our own ways, but not all of us owns that uniqueness, right? A lot of us tend to want to fit into what society deems normal. And I think that's where the biggest, I don't want to call it mistake is, but it's a mistake, right? You don't want to fit in with the norm. You want to be you. And that's exactly what personal branding is. It's being you. Hey, hey, hey. Okay. So then what do we, what do we got to do to start owning our personal brand? Man, I'm going to give you the most basic and information right now and it's it's super actionable step one commit Mm -hmm. step one is committing right now you you always see things about how long it takes to build a habit or or whatever the case is owning your personal brand is an everyday thing like for the rest of your life from the first day that you commit owning your personal brand is an everyday thing now how do you commit it's it's continuous action right and i'm not saying that personal branding is not picking up your phone oh let me post something on instagram let me post something on on LinkedIn, right? It's, that's not what personal branding is. Personal branding is everything from, from social media to, uh, you know, how you dress in person, you know, like depending on what you want, I'm going to give you, I'm going to use me as an example because that's the best example I could use. I wanted to be perceived as an authority in a space. I didn't want to be perceived as an expert. And there's a difference. We could even talk about that a little later, but I said, all right, what am I going to do to start to start first First was committing, then was taking the action, you know, and, and I identified my actions as how I would be dressed. Um, you know, if, if I'm in a suit and I have some dope shoes on, it's a lot different than if I came through in, in you know, a, a fitted and, you know, jeans, right? Like there, there's that difference for what I wanted, you know, but everyone's different. So I don't want it to be misconceived, but you have to know what you want, you know, like knowing your purpose, taking action, committing. These are all the preliminary steps in owning your brand. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, all right. Okay. So for me, let's, let's go with, with me, for example. Um, like I, I kind of, I, I look at myself like a, like a personal brand, but I don't think I take it. I don't think I take it that serious. And I'm sure there's still lots I can learn about personal branding. 
Um, okay, so me, like, I can wear whatever I want, whenever I want, but there's, like, if I'm going to uh, an important meeting where I know, like, so what I always try to do is I just try to um, just dress, like, up to dress code uh, or maybe a little bit higher. You know what I mean? So if, I, if I'm, like, I'm on a podcast right now, uh, and I'm just wearing, I'm just wearing like a, a shirt, right? This is, but this is me. This, this is how I dress. Um, so, what, what would I need to, what would I need to change, or, or what would I need to, to do different to, to kind of own my personal brand? Do you have to break it down a lot, or do you just take small steps? What do you, what, what's the process? I mean, I think you already answered your question, right? You, you said that you're, you're on this podcast right now. You're wearing the shirt that you're wearing. You said that's you. I think you're already doing what you have to do. If that's you, that's you, man. Like straight yeah. up, like there's nothing else to it. it. The personal brand is owning who you are and who you want to become. If you want to become someone that rocks that shirt and someone that, that does whatever you're doing, right? Being a podcast host and everything else, right? Then, then you're on the right track. You know, I, I don't want this to be misconceived as if, you know, you're, I don't want anyone to say, oh, I need to fake it till I make it because that's not the truth. I think fake mm-hmm. it till you make it is the, the biggest BS in the world. But if there is someone that you see doing what you want to do, for instance, if I look at Damon John and I say, wow, I want to do what he's doing, I need to start to mimic what he does in a way, right? I need to innovate yeah. to Im- or imitate to innovate, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying live my life like him, right? Because that would be me living out of my means. That would be me living yeah. above my means. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if I see him walking down a Manhattan street knowing he's going to just just the meeting and he's in a suit. All right. I know the next time I have a meeting, I need to, I need to dress like that, you know? So I I think having a mentor in the space or just being able to, and I'm not saying a mentor that you need to be in touch with, but someone that you could look up to and see them as a good role model for yourself. I think that's really, really helpful because then you could start to take their habits, their rituals and things of that nature and apply them to you and what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're always just you're always just finding things that 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 you like and and starting to apply them to yourself in your own way, in your own way, man. Be unique about it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I like that, man. I like that. Yeah, this is definitely something something I've been struggling with for a long time. Like even on on Instagram, I, I had trouble on there. Like so, I I even read books on on personal brand and. It's something that I'm still working on. Uh, I, I'm sure it's something that you can always just keep improving on. Um, I have already gotten a lot of things just from listening to, to, to what you're saying. But um, what are some more basic tips that you're usually giving to people when you're, when you're talking? In regards to personal brand or in general? Yeah, just in regards to personal brand or, or in general. I'll just give one, one in regards to personal brand and then we'll go, we'll go to the general side. Yeah. So I think we kind of touched on it when we talked about being unique and being who you are and, you know, not faking until you make it. And I think the best advice that anyone can give in regards to personal branding is the, you know, being authentic, you know, Mm -hmm. and the reason I say that, and it, it ties into what I said earlier, it's like, we deem ourselves successful. We deem ourselves this or that due to, um, society's definitions, you know, and, and what I want to say is the fact that you get to define everything in your life, right? Like you can personally define success, how you want to define success. You can define what a successful personal brand is or what the personal brand is that you want or that you would like in life or that you would like to strive to get, right? That, that's all on you, 
right? So you being authentic to you is the best thing that you can do in regards to anything in life, right? Like when you stay true to who you are, by all means, you're already living your best life. And I feel like what I see quite often is the opposite. And it's, let me live up to society standards of success mm-hmm. and this and that. But man, when you're authentic, you are winning. Stay true to you, man. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. So you're 26 years old, man. You've been through a lot, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Um, with everything that you've learned and where you are today, what would you say to, to someone who's in a position of they, they, they're, they're, they're kind of feeling stuck. They want to figure out how to move forward. Um, they're just, they, they're just having trouble with it. What, what's something that you would say to them? So it's hard for me to just, just to give one piece of advice. So I'm going to tie two things into one. First that's, and foremost, first and foremost, we are all going to face challenges, failures, mistakes, road bumps, roadblocks, all of that, right? That's inevitable. I, I know you could agree as well. So with that said, I want to teach this formula and this formula is absolutely amazing. I'm not doing any math right here, but it's going to sound like an equation. And that equation is E plus P equals O E plus P equals O stands for the events that we go through in life. Events are inevitable, good and bad, right? How we perceive them is what truly determines the outcome. So I'm going to say that again, events plus perspective equals the outcome right now. It's hard in the moment to say, What I'm going through, if it's bad, wow, what I'm going through is good, but there is good in it. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. I talked about this the other night when I delivered my keynote in Florida. When my mother was battling cancer and I'm literally looking at her on my couch in my house and I see her battling cancer and see the condition she's in, it's really hard to perceive any good out of that. You know, the mother, the the woman that gave birth to me, I'm looking at her struggling, right? Battling for her life and I need to find good in that. Now, here's the thing. What I realized in that moment and after that moment came about was that I had a shitty relationship with my mom. I didn't treat her as good as I should have. I should have been taking better care of her. I need to start creating a better relationship with her because she's not getting any younger, right? That's something good. And that's the the point I'm trying to make here, right? It's like you can find the good in it. And when you find the good in it, you know why you're going through it. You know, it's not rocket science and it's tough. It's easier said than done, but so is everything that we want to achieve in life. You know, so that, that's, the, that's the thing I really wanted to say and to tie it in when someone feels stuck, the simplest thing can get you through that and it's taking a baby step. You know, like you don't need to take this giant leap. You don't need to go from saving $100 a week to saving 1000 Like take a baby step, man. If you, if you want to save some more money and this is just an example I'm using, if you want to save $1,000 and you're only able to save 100 a week, like save 101 and then save 102 Like take those baby steps because it's those small goals that are compounded over time that really equal that massive goal that you set out to achieve. Okay, I like that, man. E plus P equals O. Events plus perspective equals outcome, man. I'm always about that. Finding good in any situation. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. The last thing, where can people find you? I'm all over, man. Listen, I think the easiest way for me to say it is just Google my name. It's M-A-T-T-L-E-B-R-I-S. You know, that's that's the easiest way. I'm all over social. I'm all over podcasts. I'm all over websites. I'm, I'm out there. Okay. And you also have a podcast called Decoding Success, right? That is correct, man. That is correct. Most definitely putting out two episodes a week, just trying to share some value with everyone. Okay, Matt, thank you so much for coming out, for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, and for everybody 
who's been rocking with us. Shout outs to all the continual growth co- community. Now, all we ask of you guys is that you please subscribe, leave us a review. You know we love them five stars. And just tell a friend about it. Each one, teach one. And that's what we do. So until next week, kill every day and own your fucking life. Bless us!